0: It's uh, it's exciting, isn't it, to be in God's house, to be in God's family, to live a life of real purpose and meaning, and you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Uh, but there's nothing better than uh, just staying true to God's call on your life, and, and that includes these moments, you know, where we we come together, develop. It's a healthy habit of living to be in the local church, to to be part of what. You know, God is continually doing, feeding, blessing people spiritually. All the children out in all those different rooms and our carers and workers and teachers being trained up in the way they should go. It's awesome. And, you know, as I said, there's a lot of things. I wish I was in Melbourne last night. Simon Harrison does too. He's probably the only person in the whole room. It's a disgrace, isn't it? Why are we so excited, Simon? Because Jason Doyle just became world champion. And you don't even know who he is and all of it. It's a disgrace. Motorcycle Speedway. Jason Doyle, young Australian guy, world champion as of last night. And look at you. Yeah, Yeah, come on. Anyway, you'd be excited if you were Jason and a motorcycle enthusiast like Simon and myself. But as I said, as exciting as you are about Jason's victory, it's even more exciting to be in God's house and to come around. Now, um today's friendship day as we said you're all invited to lunch if you haven't already signed up somewhere just look up the you know fill, write your name down and go and invite yourself to a stranger's place for home for, for lunch it'll be great um, so we're talking about friendship today and since forgiveness is part of friendship you'll forgive me if you've heard the story I'm about to share uh, which I have shared but it was some years ago but it bears repeating because it's a cracker. It's a story of friendship that was formed amidst a climate of terrible racism and it survived uh, against tyranny and extreme nationalism and war. Jesse Owens, you may have heard of, one of the greatest athletes of all time, so great that in 1935, he broke three world records and equaled a fourth within 45 minutes. Never been done before or since, at one athletic track meet in America. Can you believe that? Um, Not surprisingly, he was chosen to represent the USA uh, the following year at the 1936 Olympic Games, which were held in Berlin and overseen by Adolf Hitler and his Nazi regime. So Jesse Owens went over there and won the 100 metres, the 200 metres, the 400 metres, and he was also competing in the long jump And in doing so, he came up against the German champion, Lutz Long. Now, Mr Long, he looked the embodiment of Aryan manhood. He was the classic tall, blonde, handsome guy. Uh, But he didn't really believe in this theory of Aryan superiority, which was being pushed at that time and, of course, ended up in terrible tragedy and leading to the Holocaust and so much... uh, That Hitler, you know, terrible stuff he brought to the world Uh, But Lutz Long befriended uh, Jesse Owens As competitors in the long jump And he even joked with Owens About this whole Aryan superiority business Which was of course funny for them Because Jesse Owens was African American Uh, As they competed Owens was in doubt to make the final for the long jump Because they have qualifying rounds And Jesse Owens, as good as he was Had disqualified himself on his first two jumps Because he had jumped over the board You know, they have a board and a little bit of plasticine And then they look at the spike marks And put up the red flag And and, uh, one more disqualifying jump Would mean he would not make it to the final Now Lutz Long is, of course, his competitor Chance for a medal Wants to do the right thing by his country But... In an incredible gesture of sportsmanship, he went over and spoke to Jesse Owens and convinced him to jump short of the mark, well short. So he'd definitely not go over the mark and then hopefully be just long enough to qualify. And he did do that, took the advice, qualified for the final by just jumping one centimetre over uh, the qualifying mark that he needed. Uh, So then they go to the final Again, he's Lutz Long. He's in front of Adolf Hitler, in front of his home crowd, and he draws level with Jesse, Jesse Owens with his second last jump, looking very much like maybe he's going to do it, and then Jesse Owens pulls out this amazing jump and wins. Lutz Long was the first person to congratulate Jesse Owens. He walked over, and in clear view of Adolf Hitler, he embraced him, and at real great, personal risk um, to the whole, you know, to to his own life, I guess. Uh, He continued this sign of friendship. They left the stadium Uh, arm-in-arm, which is, you know, pretty unheard of. Any two competitors at that level aren't usually, you know, that buddy, especially if you've got an African-American and an Aryan blonde German who's under this regime that says this inferior to you. Jesse Owens later wrote about that moment, he said, you can melt down all the medals and cups that I have. (laughs) There was a few. And they wouldn't be a plating on the 24-carat friendship I felt for Lutz Long at that moment. Hitler famously refused to congratulate Jesse Owens at the presentation, which is just a great irony, isn't it? Because Hitler's here trying to prove to the world the superiority of the Aryan race. (laughs) And he's got this African-American come along who wins Four gold medals had never been repeated, has never been repeated until uh, Carl Lewis did it in the 80s. And Jesse Owens goes down in history as the champion of the games. (laughs) Love it. But the story doesn't end there. Lutz Long asked Jesse Owens to be the godson of his newborn son. Then Lutz Long had to go to war because, as you know, 1939, war broke out and he's on the wrong team. So in uh, 1939, he goes off to fight and he wrote to Jesse Owens and said this, I don't think you'll ever hear from me again, Jesse. I want you to know how much your friendship meant and could you please keep in touch with my family? Lud Sloan was killed in action in 1943. And in his last letter, he asked Jesse Owens to find his son when the war was over and he wrote this, Tell him, Jesse. Tell him what things were like when we were not separated by war. Tell him how things can be between men on this earth. Jesse Owens did get in touch with Lutz Long's son and the families remained in contact right through Jesse Owens' life and then beyond because the two families were asked to send representatives to present the medals for well, the long jump, of course, in 2009 at the World Athletics Championships, which were held where? In Berlin, where the friendship and all the blessings that followed began. Isn't that awesome? Well, as I said, we're talking about friendship. This is the last message on a series we've done on relationships. We started back on Father's Day. We talked about our relationship with our Father in Heaven. Then Ruth talked about marriage because we have a perfect marriage, so we can go to Vietnam and... Prove it all, um, and uh, and then we we preached about uh, family and God's family, and then I shared also a message about loving uh, people in our extended relationships, how to get on with people that we aren't, you know, quite the same as, and and how we should lead in love out into the world around us. But today I want to talk about friends, and and, and I mean not. Not just that we're friendly to everyone. We're called to do that, of course. Um, but you will be closer to some people than others. So we're not talking just about ministry, about the fact that we should help people, uh, reach out to people, give to people, because you can minister to anyone, but not anyone is going to be your close friend. And and that's just life. It's not a non-Christian Ideal or issue to sort of say that someone's a closer friend than others And of course it can can cause friction sometimes So we are loving to everyone We are friendly to everyone But there's some people where you're going to have this real mutual relationship uh, Where you're giving to them and they're giving to you It's not just one way You're not being drained But you're being replenished Both of you And there's this sweet uh Connection where you're, you're sharing thoughts You're sharing feelings you, you know each other's strengths You know each other's weaknesses And that doesn't rattle your cage Or put you off Or, or, or ruin the relationship you, you, you share your dreams together You may even chase dreams together uh, You make sacrifices for each other you, you stir each other to be your best And, and you have fun all through all the different seasons and stuff of life. And that's uh, what we're talking about true friendship. So I got three points because all good messages have three points, not two. It's not enough. Four is too many. In fact, I had four points. Four is probably the best, but I can't do it. So you just have to put up with the three. Uh, first one, I want to talk about the benefits of good friends. Why, why bother with friendship? I love what C.S. Lewis once wrote, friendship is unnecessary, like philosophy, like art. It has no survival value. Rather, it is one of those things that give value to survival. So you can exist without it. You can say, oh, friendship's unnecessary. I've had too much hurt and pain. Forget it. Stuff people, whatever. You know, But life is... Is better, isn't it? It has so much more value, so much more meaning. It's sweeter when we've got friends to travel along life's journey with us. And uh, and of course, God's got a lot to say in the Bible about the power and the blessing of friendship. I've got a few scriptures. They'll come up on the screen. You can jot them down, read them for yourself later and think over them. Uh, and a lot of them are from the book of Proverbs because this is known as the book of wisdom. And uh, Solomon wrote most of them and he's, uh, you know, used by God to bring wise advice uh, on all kinds of issues, especially here we're talking about friendship. So let's look at a few of these. Proverbs 17, verse 17, telling us about the benefit benefit of friends. Uh, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Interestingly, you know, in the Hebrew, that word brother doesn't just mean a blood brother, a physical relation but it, it can be translated as a kindred spirit. In other words, anyone who is really close, close to you, and of course you can have people that are so close, it's just like a brother who stands by you. And uh, and notice in times of advo- adversity, tough times, when things aren't going so well, they're not, what do they say, a fair weather friend, someone who just flies in and out when things are sunny and and sweet and easy and then they're gone when the tough times come. No, I like that phrase, they're born for adversity. In other words, the implication there to me is that's part of the reason they're on earth. They were born, born for such a time as this, born not only but partly as part of God's rationale for bringing them to earth, part of the reason for them to be on earth, partly is to help you get through a difficult time. That's a good friend. That's, that's good, isn't it? That's a good thing to have in life when you've got a difficult season and you've got someone that's like, wow, part of the, part of the reason you're here is to help me right now get through this. What about Ecclesiastes? Also written by Solomon. Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails or falls, the other person can reach out and help but someone who falls alone is in real trouble Or pity the man who has uh, no one to help, some translations say um, We read this out yesterday at Ben and Jess' uh, ben and Jess's wedding Ashby Boyd Ben, uh, Tim often playing bass here, the whole family They're all up in the Hunter Valley And, and of course friendship uh, is an integral part of the marriage relationship uh, and that's why it's often read at, at weddings and, and it's a sweet applicable verse for that But uh, it doesn't just apply to marriage Because any two people who care enough for each other Can help each other out uh, To give your friend a lift When life's beaten them down And we have times like that But isn't it great when someone encourages you Like when when you feel down about something And you're You know, discouraged and deflated and depressed and defeated and all that And your friend says, hey, it's okay You'll be great You're okay, I'm with you I'm standing with you I believe in you Things are going to work out You'll get through it You're awesome Something like that And then watch this Nothing's changed Right, Like that massive bill still needs paying or that problem at work hasn't gone away or those people are still slandering you as far as you can tell or some some issue is still there and yet somehow something really has changed because you feel encouraged, you feel strengthened, you feel confident to face that problem that's still there but everything sort of shifted simply because... Of a friend who 's said something who's just come alongside and given you that lift up rather than you, what do they say kick you when you're down, or just look on, and go eh, oh well anyway, and not, and sort of just focus on their own life or or not make the effort, but a, a friend is as it says there someone can help and reach and lift them up. What about proverbs twenty seven verse seventeen as iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So that means that, you know, you get two friends, they're going to rub each other up the wrong way at some point, but that's okay. In fact, it's more than just okay. It's actually good for us. When you've got a close, strong friendship, it's not going to be ruined by conflict. It's going to actually, strangely, be improved by it because... You've got some rough edges. I'm sorry to say, we all do. No, darling, not you. Of course, had 30 years polished you well. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were a shining polished diamond when I met you, and and you're still sparkling. Uh, quick, change feet. We marriage seminar, Vietnam. Oh, uh, um, but really, you know, uh, we've all got some rough ed- edges, uh, and and of course that there talks about having them polished. The, the, the roughing up is good Because it says As iron sharpens iron you, uh, Iron is better to be sharp So you get a rusty old blade of a knife Or a sword as they may have been thinking Back then in the wartime days Kingdoms against kingdoms Fighting, struggling And they had swords And they wanted iron swords And they wanted them sharp And of course the image there is that There's friction and filing But it actually improves the implement and in your life and your character and your friendship it's better if there's some friction there sometimes so there's a benefit of a friend not doesn't mean all friction's good it's just of a of a friend and that relates to the next verse look proverbs 27 verse 6 earlier in that chapter wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy wow cuz so friends don't just occasionally unintentionally rub you up the wrong way sometimes they do it deliberately (laughs) great sometimes they're really coming in and wounding you but but they're not just out to hurt you it's just that the wounds might be the emotional kind of flow on effect of something that is effectively good in other words they're just challenging you to change they're just holding you to account they're just Putting up a mirror, and and you could have some glaring blind spot or character issue or problem or something that you really should address. And what's a stranger going to do? What's someone who doesn't really care about you going to do? They might just ignore it. They might talk to someone else about it, have a go at you, and you never know why they're laughing. You know that feeling when people laugh, and they're looking in your direction, and you think, and then it's probably nothing, or they're laughing at something behind you, but you think, oh no, it's me. What are they? Or maybe. Strangers will have a go at you, but then you think, well, I don't care. You don't know me. You don't have my best interests at heart. so I don't care what you think. But a friend, if you've got the love deposits in the account and you then go to make a withdrawal, if you've built the bridge, if you've got that trust, it might be a little hard to handle. (laughs) What are you saying? But it's good because they're, they're sincere. It says wounds from a sincere friend better than kisses, so you don 't want flattery you don 't want just meaningless praise or you know platitudes that 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 have no value. Sometimes from a friend, of course, we want encouragement. We don't want them just ripping into us all the time. And another thing, you know, here's your t- your daily text, Byron, the five things that you've got a problem with today. And then the next, that's like, oh, you're killing me, you know. But just occasionally, you know, it may be something that you hear from a friend that can be hurtful like a wound but can be good. So, and of course, there's just the benefits of having Companionship and fun times I'm just talking about some of the Not so obvious benefits of friendship Of course we enjoy doing life with People and hopefully people that know us Love us, understand us So there's a lot of benefits Second point How to choose friends Now of course I'm not talking about Again Who we should be friendly to Because that's everybody We should be caring of Friendly to Prepared to reach out and help Everyone, that's what Jesus did That's what he models for us We just got unconditional love flowing from God Hopefully getting through our heart out into every relationship So we're walking with grace and love and understanding and forgiveness and kindness and Meekness and gentleness and all that and so ever We're not selective with, you know, how we're nice to people But let's face it, there are some people that you're going to connect with more than others Sometimes it's just because you spend a lot of time with them. You might just be in a a work environment, and these people aren't that similar to you in some ways. But you do life with them so much, you end up being friends. And then there's other people that you feel drawn to, and you find yourself reaching out to and wanting to connect. You seek them out, and because there's some chemistry there, some you know connection or or history or background, and and so we flow with that. We're not feeling guilty about it. We're just you, you know. Uh, making sure this is part of our life. We don't, you know, circle the wagons and cut everybody out and say, well, I've only got my friends and I'm not hiring anymore and I haven't got time for no one else. We're friendly to everyone, but there are some of these people that will be a bit more special because these are the people that we really let into our hearts, into our lives. They see us at our best and our worst. and, And, of course, we need to be a little careful, see what the Bible teaches about... Who should get really close to us. So, Proverbs eighteen twenty four, look at this one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So there you'll you know, you probably figure this out anyway that not everyone who appears to be a friend will be good for you. Some translations say someone who has many friends comes to ruin. The implication there is that it's not about quantity, it's more about quality. So it's, you know, better to have one or two faithful friends than a a whole computer's worth, you know, a thousand Facebook friends that you don't really know or they don't really know you and you don't really know if they'd stick close to you or not. But here, uh, you only need, look, it says a friend. There's a friend. Can I just say this? Most of us probably think that everybody else has more friends, Most people think they don't have many friends But others do But I would say Welcome to the club I reckon You know Most people have Enough friends And if not You can go hiring You know Go out there Put yourself out there Put the ad in the paper uh, Figuratively speaking You know You can pray And God will bring more friends in your life But I think don't beat yourself up if you think, oh, I haven't got any friends, you know, because I think a lot of people are like that. But it's, it's, it's not about quality, it's, about qua- it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Ah, hey, quantity's good too. Have a lot, you know. But don't worry if you don't have too many and don't spread yourself so thin that you've got a million acquaintances, uh, but no one really knows you that well and you've got no one to really share your heart with. But I just love that, that there are friends who really do stick close to you but the warning there is of course look you don't want your life to be ruined and so that gets on to uh, uh, another point that this scripture reveals to us Proverbs 22 look at this don't befriend angry people or associate with hot tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul so this really is the issue of social osmosis the fact that we become like the people that we hang out with that People influence you if you spend a lot of time with them. If you, you you're going to think like they do, you're going to value the things that they value. You're going to behave like them just because you're you're just picking up on their approach and attitude to life. And there's a lot of anger in the world. And here they're talking about angry people. There's a lot of people that are are not living with grace and forgiveness and sweetness. They're burning bridges rather than building them they're they got an issue they're angry they're negative and and they're rather than being thankful and enjoying the journey they got kind of gritted teeth in their spirit and you got to ask yourself do I want to live like that because I will if I hang out with them all the time so I'm still going to love them I just don't want to get them so close that they're affecting and influencing me here's a couple more proverbs with the same kind of warning as well as some d- directions on who we should befriend. First one is uh, Proverbs 12, 26. One who's righteous is a guide to his neighbour, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So here's two directions that we're talking about. A righteous person, of course, that doesn't mean self-righteous on their own, but a, a God seeker, a Jesus follower, only given righteousness because they're, they're following God. Well, they're going to guide you. In other words, you hang out with them and they're going to just even unintentionally show you a good way to live Conversely, there are wicked people And you don't want to be led astray or away from God's best And so you've got to be thoughtful about this Look at uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty: Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise But the companion of fools suffers harm So again, there's that influence And you've got to recognise, hang on That's foolish I don't want to be a companion of fools That guy Look he's a really nice guy But I've got to say Some of the decisions he's making like, That's foolish I don't, I don't want to do that I don't want to suffer harm I don't want to follow the, Down there Oh But look at this Wise people I could become wise I can walk with them I can learn from them I've got to recognise this And figure out You know the, the values The attitudes The speech The directions The lifestyle The, the whole way of living Can be wise Or foolish and you look around, you'll see people who are hardworking without working too hard. They got life balanced well. They got uh, a ca- caring heart for people. They love God. They love God's house. They love his church. They're generous. They're gracious. They got a good marriage. They raise their children well. They got energy for life. They laugh. They got, you know, vision and uh, going places. And, and you've got to think. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good list. And you've got to ask, where are these people? Well, they're in your life somewhere. And, of course, not just one person fits every perfect package or, the, or is the perfect package, but you'll have some people that you can really glean from about how they're doing that part of life or this part of life. And, uh, again, there are some people that we really want to allow to get close and be a little concerned about how close we are to others. I mean, there's a lot of other passages that shows what God values. But And, in fact... The values in the Bible, let's face it, they're not always matching up with what the world says is really valuable in people. I can't see scriptures that say that God really wants you to look out for friends who are particularly cool or good-looking or fashionable or rich or famous because, to be honest, I'd prefer to have a nerdy, faithful friend who dresses badly. (laughs) (laughs) And someone's being picked on here Yeah, right Than some cool dude You can pick on the other blokes now, Who, um, you know, who dumps you along the way To being a big success story, you know So um, there are qualities to look for and avoid But having said that, don't be too picky Like, we're not, we're not talking about shopping around And, having oh, well, you're sorry you don't make the list You know, pastor said I've got to be really selective So I'm culling you or, you know Really, listen, there's gold in everyone. This came to me a few weeks ago. We were up in Townsville, visited Hudson and Lara, and then we had Keelan with us and we drove out to Charters Towers. Ever heard of Charters Towers? Charters Towers was at one point the second biggest city in Queensland, uh, back in the gold rush days, because of the gold rush. And um, we went to the gold museum there. And the guy's got this great setup where he's got the the panning for gold thing. He's got the pans and he's got all all this gravel. And all he does is get river sand and gravel from the local river and put it in this big tub and show you how to pan for gold. He says, there's gold in there. Now, not big nuggets. It's the alluvial stuff, you know, that gets filtered down. But he says, oh, no, it's in there. You just got to know what to look for. You just got to know how to find it. And so Keelan did his best and he's swishing around, you know, wanting to be rich in two minutes. And uh, and then and then this other bloke who's a local who's just sort of hanging out there, Queenslander, you know, they're just like hanging out <laughs> with his mate, just, you know, laconic kind of. And he just walks in and he goes up and Keelan's swish around. And he goes, yeah, stop there, mate. And he pulls out this little, more than a speck, it was worth, he reckoned, $40, I think. And Keelan's been searching, he's like, what? And then the guy held it for a while and Keelan's wondering, what's he doing? And then finally went, there you go, son, you can have that in your little, you know, tube of water. And I thought, isn't that interesting? He just knew what to look for. A trained eye saw the gold in amongst all the gravel. It's just normal river sand. And I thought, that's a picture of humanity right there. You're all gravel. Me included, it's okay. But, but you're all gold as well. There's gold in everyone And you just gotta In any relationship Especially when you get closer You'll see Oh I didn't know about the gravel I mean not in my marriage But in some marriages You know you get married and It's like wow She's amazing Gorgeous Perfect And you get married And after a few minutes Weeks a lot Months like, You know whatever Like you go Oh, wow, you know, what you thought was this gorgeous, cute little idiosyncrasy is like, oh, why does he do that all the time, you know? And so that's just the gravel, the normal stuff of life, but there's still gold in amongst, and we just got to have that attitude. See, believe the best, yeah, in your friends and in everyone. All right, third point, I've got 30 seconds. How to be a good friend. Wow, well, there's a lot you could say. (laughs) There's a lot in the Bible. I'll read one verse, though. Jesus himself sums it up pretty well for us How to be a good friend Because it's all very well thinking about who's going to be friendly to me But what about how we're being a good friend Well, Luke 6.31 Jesus gave us these famous words Do to others as you would like them to do to you Speaking of gold, they call that the golden rule Because as people say, that's gold And, uh, you know, all the stuff Ah, you know, talking to people, being friendly, asking questions and waiting to the, for the answer, you know, listening, being kind and reaching out and smiling and helping and caring and being available, all that stuff, uh, obviously. But just that attitude of I'll be the friend rather than sit at home and hope and wish and wonder if someone will chase me down. I, I heard this the other day. A poet once said, I went out to find a friend but could not find one there. I went out to be a friend and friends were everywhere And so uh, I think that's such a truism of life That if you're on the front foot in making friends and being friendly You'll find sometimes people who are unlikely, you know, early on uh, Different background and, and yet life will throw you together And you make the effort and you'll end up finding a valued friend in that person and as I said, there's a lot uh, you can find in the Word. we run out of time. Um, let me finish with one last scripture. James 2.23, talking about Abraham, Ruth is talking about Martin Luther and life of faith and Abraham referred to here. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. But look at the next verse. He was even called the friend of God. Of God. How cool is that? And of course, that is the number one friendship that we can all cultivate, which will in turn help and influence all our other friends. The wisdom we need, the love and grace we need, the forgiveness, the ability to see the gold in the gravel. God's going to bring all that to us if we can keep Him number one. Of course, He's Lord, Saviour, but He also incredibly invites us to be. His friend. He's so loving. And I find that amazing and stirring and a, and a great invitation for me to step in to build that relationship and then invite His power to help build all the others in my life. Amen. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us visit c3church.narara.net.